Well, again, good morning. Thank you for joining us on this Mother's Day, uh, whether you're watching via the website or tuning in uh, via Facebook or our YouTube channel. Welcome to our 10 a.m. worship gathering. Uh, social distancing. Out of all of the words and phrases that have been born out of COVID-2019, this is the one that I cannot wait to stop using. I mean, how is social distancing going for you so far? Is it driving you crazy yet? Is it absolutely frustrating to you yet? I mean, are you feeling the impact of actually not seeing people? Or are you in a place of you've fallen in love with Zoom meetings and Google Hangouts? Pretty sure not anyone has actually done that. As I've been thinking about social distancing and the impact that social distancing is actually having, I had this question. How many of us were actually doing social distancing before social distancing became a thing? Meaning social distancing, it's frustrating to us now because we're being told that we have to stay away from one another. Whereas prior to COVID-19, well, I didn't mind actually staying away from people because I at least had the option to see people if I really wanted to. Something that I've been reminded of afresh in this COVID-19 season is this. Relationship with you is so crucial, so crucial to my relationship with God. If I'm going to experience the fullness of friendship with God, it won't happen void of friendship with you. A few weeks ago, we began talking about how to close the gap, how to close that, that space between what I believe and how I live, how to close that space between what God desires for me and my actual day-to-day -day experience, how to close that gap or that space between where we are and where we would love to be. We've been considering five words, and all of these words begin with the letter R, words that we believe God is going to use to help close that gap. The first three words that we looked at are remind, reveal, and then last week we looked at the word rest. These are the words that we've discussed so far, and today the R word that we're looking at is relationships. Relationships. Where there are is where there is a lack of meaningful relationships with one another, there will be a gap. The gap will actually continue to grow between God's desire for friendship with us and our experience of friendship with God. Where there's a lack of relationship, the gap will get bigger and bigger between the friendship God wants and the friendship we're actually experiencing. Now, before I talk about the relationships that we can have with one another, relationships that will actually help close that gap, I don't want anyone to miss this. God desires friendship with you. God desires friendship with you. Friendship with the creator and the sustainer of all things. Friendship with the all-powerful, with the all-knowing, with the ever-present, holy, and eternal God. Now, I'm not talking about friendship with God where our attitude is God's my cosmic buddy or Jesus is my homeboy. What I'm talking about in terms of friendship with God is this, knowing and being known, loving and being loved. When I think about friendship with God, I'm talking about experiencing on a day-to-day -day basis, experiencing His presence, His joy, 
His grace, His love, His wisdom, His comfort, His challenge, experiencing every day His faithfulness. Now, I'm guessing the concept of friendship with God, whether you've grown up in the church your whole life or maybe you've never been to church at all in your life, I'm guessing friendship with God, just hearing that, well, it sounds nice, but if I'm being honest, it also sounds a bit unrealistic. Whether we've been told this along the way, or maybe it's just an assumption that we've made, I think our thoughts towards God are, God is just out there somewhere, and we are to respect, we're to revere, and we're just to follow all the rules that God has established. And if I do those things, well, then things, generally speaking, will go well for me. Well, if that's what we think about uh, when we think about God, well, that's certainly not going to foster or cultivate a deep, meaningful friendship with God. But even more importantly, that message flies in the face of what God's Son, Jesus, actually came to do. You see, the Son of God did not come to help us know something about God so that we could just follow a few rules, respect and revere God from a distance. I mean, listen to how the Bible actually describes friendship with God, what Jesus made possible for us. This is in Romans chapter 5, verse 11. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. Whether you have read that before or you're hearing that for the very, very first time, I just want to take a moment to sit with that. Because of Jesus, you and I get to be friends of God. Because of Jesus, you and I get to be friends, friends with God. Now, as of uh, 2020, Amazon has over 800,000 people that are employed by that company. Do you think Jeff Bezos, who is the founder and CEO of Amazon, is friends with all 800,000 people that work for him? Absolutely not. There's no way he would be friends with all 800,000 people. In fact, I would say, I'm guessing 799,500 of those people, he doesn't even know who they are. And I'm pretty sure that the 500 people that might actually know Jeff Bezos, I don't think they would say, yeah, Jeff Bezos, I have friendship with him. My point is simply this. You are not just some random number. You're not just some random person in God's vast kingdom. Jesus died to make you a friend of God. I mean, think about that. Jesus gave his life so that you and I could experience friendship with God. And I love how it says we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God. Well, what's actually new about this relationship? I mean, prior to friendship with God, it wasn't like we were just acquaintances of God. The Bible actually says that you and I, prior to friendship with God, were enemies of God. This is in Romans chapter 5, verse 10, the verse right before the one I just read. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of His Son while we were still enemies. Now, the obvious question might be, 
Well, what did I ever do to become an enemy of God? I think the simplest answer to that question is this. We just did our own thing. We didn't care about God. We didn't care about God's heart. We didn't care about God's ways. And the Bible just calls that sin. And when we sinned against God, it not only cut us off from God, but it actually made us enemies of God. For 20 years, Charles Barkley and Michael Jordan, who were former NBA superstars, they were the closest of friends. They were the closest of brothers. But something happened eight years ago that dissolved their friendship. Some words were exchanged between them, and that relationship that they once were great friends has remained unrestored, unreconciled ever since. And Charles Barkley recently was interviewed that in light of the documentary that's happening on ESPN right now called The Last Dance, an interview had asked him, Charles, do you ever envision your former friendship with Michael Jordan, the one that you were so close with for 20 years, like, do you ever envision that being restored and reconciled? And here's what Charles Barkley said, he's got my number, he can call me. He's got my number, he can call me. Do you want to know just how much God cares about friendship with you? He didn't wait for you to call him. When we offended God with our sin, he did not wait for us to try and reconcile and restore the relationship. God sent his only son to pay the penalty for our sin so that we could experience the greatest friendship of all, friendship with God. Again, if we want a growing friendship with God, it's not going to happen void of meaningful relationships with one another. If you want there to be no gap between the friendship that Jesus died to make possible and your current experience of friendship with God, it won't happen void of meaningful relationships with one another. Now, I'm guessing the sound of relationship with others right now it sounds great because of the whole social distancing thing. But I think lingering in the back of our minds, we remember, wait, wait a minute. Relationships are actually pretty challenging. Relationships are actually pretty hard. Relationships are pretty time-consuming. Relationships, gosh, I've experienced a lot of hurt and disappointment in relationships. We know that there are great aspects of relationships with other people, but we also know that relationships with one another can be incredibly difficult. So let me be the first to state what I think should be obvious. Every friend you'll ever have will be a sinful friend. Doesn't matter who they are. Every friend you or I will ever have will be a sinful friend. Meaning every friend you and I will have, they will do selfish, dumb, sinful things that will hurt you or frustrate you or disappoint you. So does that mean that our response when our friends do dumb, sinful, selfish things should be, well, hey, relationships, they're just not worth it. They're too painful. Well, that would certainly be one response that you could have, but I wouldn't recommend that. I don't see much wisdom in that. So let me suggest another option for you in terms of a response. As God is towards you in friendship, be like that to your friends. As God is towards you, in friendship with him, be like that to your friends. Here's what friendship with God is like. God is friend. He's patient. 
God, his friend, is forbearing. He's kind. He is gracious. He is forgiving. And again, he is gracious in friendship with us. When we do dumb, sinful, selfish things, we would never hear God say to us as his friends, I am done with you. I'm done with you. I mean, listen to what Jesus actually told his group of friends in John chapter 13. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. In the same way that I have treated you, in the same way that I've loved you, love each other. So having relationship, having friendship with fellow sinners, let me be the first to tell you, it is not easy. But here is the beauty of cultivating relationship with sinners who are actually friends of God. They're going to help you see God. Meaning, because like when I do dumb, sinful, selfish thing and my friend, who's a friend of God, gives me grace, I've just caught a glimpse of friendship with God. When that person gives love to me, that's another glimpse of God. When they give patience to me, another glimpse of God. When they give forgiveness, that's yet another glimpse of God that my friend, who is a sinner, but knows friendship with God, they're helping me to see God. Now, over the years, I'm thankful that God has allowed me to be part of relationships that have helped me not only see God, but have also helped to close the gap so that I can experience the friend which friendship with God that Jesus died to make possible. I want to finish this morning by sharing with you two specific ways in which relationships with sinners who actually have friendship with God have helped me close the gap so I can experience to the fullest the friendship that God desires to have with me. Two things. Number one is this. We need relationship with those that help us repent. We need relationships with those that help us repent. Now, this might be obvious, but I do dumb, sinful, selfish things. But there are many times I'm not even aware that I'm doing those dumb, sinful, selfish things. Things that are ultimately hurting my friendship with God and even hurting friendship with others. We need relationships that will help us see what you and I can't see. Now, if you're looking for a great read, a great book on relationships, I would encourage you to pick up the book Proverbs. Such a phenomenal book on relationships. Listen to what Proverbs 27 says. Wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. Wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. So do you have any relationships that will say hard things to you in order to help you grow in friendship with God? Do you have any relationships where they'll say hard things that might feel like a wound, but they're saying these things in order to help you grow in friendship with God? Paul Fleming, who is an elder at Genesis, he's served here as an elder for the better part of 10 years, and I've been, in, been one of my closest friends for the better part of the last 15 years. He shared with me recently, over the past few months, some concerns and some observations that he had about my character, specifically observations that he thought were sinful in my character. Now, to be completely honest, at first, I was hurt by his concerns and observation. I was even frustrated 
by the things that he shared with me? Because I couldn't initially see what he saw. And this is what Paul specifically told me. He said, Michael, 95% of the time you operate from a posture of health. But when conflict comes into your life, whether that be someone who is mean or hurtful or critical of you, or maybe someone you love, when someone maybe misunderstands you or even misrepresents you, your response to conflict is often to play the role or the part of a defense attorney. What he meant by that is, Michael, you have a way of fiercely defending yourself, even if it means hurting somebody else. And he went on to say, Michael, when you tell the story or the narrative of whatever the conflict was, you have a unique ability to make sure that the story is told in such a way where you come out looking pretty good. Now, when again, when Paul told me these things, it wasn't easy to hear. It wasn't easy at all to hear, actually. And as I just spent some time praying and processing, asking myself the question, do I really do that? Do I really respond to conflict like that? Because if I do, well, that's not even remotely close to what Christ would want me to respond to when conflict arises in my life. And again, after spending months praying through and processing and talking with Paul, talking with the other elders about it, I realized that my response to conflict, it is not consistent with what Jesus would want for me as his follower. Meaning, my response to conflict has been sinful. And again, this was initially, it felt like a wound. Felt like a wound, but Paul cared enough about me to graciously, and I want to be clear in this, to graciously help me see what I could not see. Paul helped me to repent from that so that I could experience friendship with God and friendship with other people that would be healthy. I have no idea why I do this. I have no idea um, why my response to conflict has been like that. And I know for sure I don't want that to be my response to conflict moving forward. So one of the things that I'm going to be doing in the coming months is spend some time with a counselor just to figure out why is my response to conflict like that? Where is that coming from? When that nerve gets pinched, what happens to me that that's my response? So I'd ask you this question, are you in relationship with someone who would help you repent? Do you have a relationship with someone right now who will help you repent? A relationship that might wound, but it's a trusted wound because they care deeply about you experiencing the friendship that Jesus died to make possible. So we need relationships that will help us repent, but we also need, and this is the second thing I want to share with you, relationships that will help us remember the purposes of God. We need relationships with people that will help us remember the purposes of God. Probably one of my favorite story of relationship is a story between two friends named Jonathan and David. And if you're not familiar with Jonathan and David, it's the friendship between a prince, Jonathan, and David, a would-be king. Now, this is just a snapshot of the relationship, but it's a picture of how God used Jonathan, the prince, to encourage David, who was going to be king one day, to remember God's purposes in his life. This is 1 Samuel 23, 15. One day, one day near Horash, David received the news that Saul was on the way to Ziph to search for him and to kill him. 
Now, I'm guessing at some point we've received bad news, but I'm not sure how many of us have actually ever received the news that someone is looking for you in order to kill you. So when you get that level of bad news, what do you feel like you need most in that moment other than a friend who is packing heat? I think what we would need more than anything is a relationship with someone who would help us remember God's purposes for us even in the midst of bad news. I love what Jonathan does for his friend David. Verse, 15, verse 16, Jonathan went to find David and he encouraged him to stay strong in his faith in God. See, Jonathan could have sent news to his friend David not to worry about my crazy father named Saul, but rather than send news, did you catch the detail? Jonathan showed up for David. You see, your presence matters in helping friends remember the purposes of God. Your presence matters in helping to remind them of the purposes of God. And what, Dave, what helped David was having a relationship with someone who showed up in his life to remind him of God's plan, God's purpose. Verse 17 and 18, don't be afraid, Jonathan reassured him. My father won't find you. You are going to be the king of Israel, and I will be next to you as my father Saul is well aware. See, we don't need relationships where people in our lives are just going to serve as a great life coach or maybe give us a great pep talk when things aren't going well. We need relationships with those who have a relationship with God who will remind us of God's purposes in our life. Now, it would be very easy for all of us to get somewhat discouraged right now and think to ourselves, Michael, I don't have a Paul in my life who can help me repent. Michael, I don't even have a Jonathan in my life that can help remind me of the purposes of God in my life. Now, if that's the thought that you're currently having, or maybe it's a thought that you've had somewhere along your journey, I want to remind you of this. Because God cares deeply about his friendship with you, he will raise up relationships in your life to close the gap. Relationships to help you experience the friendship with God that Jesus died to make possible. Do you know how Paul and I began our relationship? Well, it began 15 years ago when we began serving in youth ministry. Simply began because we decided to start serving together. Do you know how Jonathan and David, their friendship began, their relationship began? Well, it began when David began serving Saul, and they met through him serving his father. Now, is this my plug to get more people serving? No. But it is a plug to say, be intentional with what God is telling you to do, and as you do that, just watch the relationships that he will begin to surround you with relationships to help you experience the friendship with God that Jesus died to make possible. Just simply begin by doing what you know God is calling you to do. And as you walk in obedience, as you walk doing the things that you know God's calling you to do, just watch the Pauls that will be raised up in your life. Just begin to watch the Jonathans that will get raised up in your life because God cares deeply about his friendship with you and he will begin to raise up relationships in your life to make sure there's no gap between God's desire for friendship and our experience 
of friendship with God.